uh, we're doing things a little bit different. Of course, we're going to have a surprise guest, someone that knows the ins and outs and has been around uh, Gator basketball for some time. But this time, not only are we going to talk about his journey, we're going to, it's, it's, it's basketball season, guys. It's time to get things going. I'm super excited, aren't you? Uh, the SEC is going to be super competitive this year, and I can't wait to see uh, what's going to happen. And we're going to dive into all the details, what to expect, what the fans are asking. But before we get into this episode this week, week eight, uh, episode eight of season two, uh, guys, please remember to subscribe and share this wherever you can. Um, I think Gator fans all around would love to be a part of this podcast where we just bring you some awesome content on what's going on with Florida basketball, as well as uh, coaches that have come through this journey. Um, thank you guys again so much for the opportunity. And as I introduce our guest, a few, a few fun facts I want to bring up. Um, it's on his his very own Twitter handle, which one, you know, one of which I can't believe. He's he's a Jets fan. <laughs> like, oh man, I know he I know he doesn't like I'm taking that shot, but yeah, I don't fault him for being a Mets fan because uh, I grew up actually loving Mike Piazza. I just uh, wish I really wish that the Mets could uh, you know break out and uh, it's so close. Tim Tebow was so close to making if he didn't hurt his hand. Um, going into his uh, last year there with the Mets. But without further ado, I want to introduce my good friend, Steve Russell. He's been with AM 8, or 8.50 AM for now uh, since 1998, and it's an honor to have you on the show, my man. How are you doing? It's good to be here, and, uh, you know, we, we go back, too. So you've been a guest with me, so happy to return the favor. Yeah, it's really cool how this, uh, how this goes full circle. And, uh, man, it's uh, we're, we're in that exciting time of the year where we're going to be getting – basketball and football at the same time as football starting to wind down basketball, probably some early games where you'll find a handful of like those super competitive high ranked games, but mostly they'll just be some, uh, you know, uh, not saying like a high school team, but we'll see some blowouts, but it's, it's time to see the ball go back into the hoop, huh? It is. And, and fans too. That, that's the other thing. I mean, you oh, yeah. know this. It, it, it's so different when it's you and the other team and the coaches and just a handful of fans in the stands or nobody, that's hard to do. I don't care what level you're playing. So it's great to have the fans back too. I know the kids are going to really appreciate that too. Yeah. It's funny you say that, you know, it was uh, last week's episode was with one of the, uh, the managers, um, Max Forstad. And he, he was talking about, you know, coming his first year as a manager, you know, it was normal and he's, you know, head spinning because there's just so much to learn and to do and doing the job. Then his second year is full of COVID year and um, no fans, no locker room for the guys. Uh, just the, you know, I think one of the players on the team had to quarantine like four times through the whole season. And then when the managers are traveling, you know, they, they're normally bringing three guys on uh, to do a, the job for, for three players or, or three managers for the whole team, the whole staff. And only two of them were straight. It's just, there's a whole mess. And he's like, man, I just can't wait. This year is my first time to have some real normalcy. Like I'm, I know what I'm supposed to do and you know, everything's going to be normal. It's like the fans are finally back out there. No more of the, uh, the cutouts. <laughs> Not that they weren't cool, you know, but you're going to no see a few of that. them, I think, but yeah, I got you. Those cutouts are cool. That's why I going to still see them. I think. I know. Right. They, they were pretty cool. It, it, I mean, obviously, these sports teams didn't make as much money as they would on the regular season, but you know, they still made a good, you know, a little penny on putting their, their cutouts out there. Uh, I disappointed myself for not purchasing one and getting it out there, but you know me, I was, I was always, uh, 
watching the team, you know, going through so much last year. And um, I'm super excited for this upcoming season. Um, I saw that preseason, the Gators are actually looking to be seventh. They are seventh in, um, you know, the projections for where they're going to end up. And, you know, what do you think? Do you think that's actually fair? Uh, fair look? I think the league, this league is really good. Um, and, you know, someone's got to be, you know, as far as Kentucky, Arkansas, Alabama, LSU, and Tennessee, they are inter- kind of interchangeable for that top five right now as far as, you know, looking at paper. Uh, but, you know, where do you think Florida just measures up as it is, it, you know, come, starting up this next season? You know, Pat, I, I think where they're slotted is about right in, in this respect. If you don't have five-star guys all over the place, well, then, you know, what do most people look at? That's what they look at in terms of recruiting. And Florida doesn't have that. And the Tennessees and the Kentuckys and the Auburns and the Arkansas and Alabamas have those guys. So I, I can understand why Florida's where it is. But the thing that's going to be interesting to me is you know how much Coach White puts in his defense and, and, and what he wants from that. I think this group might be his best defensive group as a whole. Yeah. Just from hearing in practice, that's been the case. And, you know, you don't know what a kid's going to do if he's coming from a smaller school. You don't know that. You have to wait to get the league play. But I like where this team can go. I, I think there's a lot of upside with this group. I think there's a lot of upside, you know, I, I just reading um, what coach white is saying, uh, just reading up Pat Dooley's um, piece that he put out a few days ago and coach white saying, this is, this team is competitive as hell. I think that's something that they kind of like, you, you could see it in the games that they would show bits and pieces. Like when they, when the, it was a big time game, like when they went on the road last year against West Virginia, they, they competed. They like stepped in, in that game, didn't care that West Virginia was higher ranks, you know, had, you know, on paper again, better players, better uh, statistics. They're like, we're going to punch you in the mouth and we're going to, we're going to take this game from you. And you're going to leave wondering what happened to you. And it just, and then you come back home and you lose to South Carolina. Like, like what, what in the world is that? So really hoping now with this leadership that they have um, in these, these guys that have done it elsewhere, Brandon McKissick, Flanders Fleming, CJ, um, uh, Myron Jones, that these guys have that leadership and can step in and, and, you know, when things get tough, when it gets, the going gets tough for all these guys, um, that they'll know exactly what they need to do and how to stay, stay true to, because that's, staying disciplined is so tough when, you know, it seems like, think, you know, it seems like what you're doing isn't working, but it's like, no, but the little things matter. The little things are huge when it comes to, like, boxing out, <laughs> putting contesting every shot, uh, being in the right position, even though, oh man, he's, he's, he's talking. I mean, you never know when those little things, I think, and I go back to that North Carolina Villanova game, one of the best championship games, I think it was 2017, a few years ago. The only reason I think Villanova was really able to stay in that game because that was such a, I I had never seen a team so disciplined on the defensive side. Like, and these are things, I guess the normal fan wouldn't notice, but like, a guy has the ball on the wing and he's looking to get the ball. Like my hands are active. You're not, you're not getting an easy, and, you, and someone's like, Oh, he's just doing that for show. No, that is making it tougher on him to get the ball to Bryce, Bryce Young Johnson, who's a great post player. And then they're fronting the guy. In the, just so many of the small things like, this is what's keeping them in the game. And when you prepare in this sense, that's when the door opens for luck. 
as soon as the door opens up for the opportunity, and then, you know, we already know uh, one of the best endings of a, of a championship game ever. That's okay. insane. See, that, that's what I think Floyd was lacking, Pat, because, as you mentioned, there were games where they got after it, but it wasn't consistent. The effort on the defensive end was not consistent, and that's one thing. If you play for Coach White, you better be good on the defensive end or you sit down and somebody else will play. And I think that's resonated with this group from what I'm hearing. And you know, a guy like McKissick gained some weight, put on some muscle already, put on like 15 pounds of muscle. They do, I think Jones can stroke it. He showed that at Penn State. What's gonna what's gonna interest me is gonna be two players, really. I okay. think Felder is gonna fit in well because he's a bruiser. He kind of did that at Boston College, but at the five, Pat, you know, Castleton is oh, a yeah. rim protector in his own way, but he's not great at that. Well, now, what does the big guy Jatobo do coming back? He didn't do a whole lot last year. If they can get some minutes from him, then my phone, they can get some minutes from him that are good at the five. I think it's going to make this team a whole lot better defensively. So I want to see what happens. Yeah, I, I completely. And it was so, so interesting. Jason Jatobo is the only returner that was a player coach White actually recruited out of, you know, out of high school returner like uh everyone else has been a transfer uh yeah everyone else has been a transfer that's come in so um I just think he's he just has some issues with his conditioning um uh, being able to stay on the court um but he's effective he he did with his size uh and, and his hand he's really soft hands for being such a big guy um you know working with I mean and, and, and <laughs> the thing is with what I came to realize in in college is that you have every tool to your disposal to become successful. Coaches cannot create that internal drive in you. They can bring you to water. They can bring all the external things. They can say, look at this. this we have the strength coach that wants to push you. We have these, the scouting. And, you know, if you're not going to step up and you don't want it, you know, if you don't really want to, I mean, you can look at Glenn Big Baby Davis. He, he needed to, to cut, or even uh, Roy Hibbert. Um, these bigger guys that needed to shed pounds and were able to transform their career and extend it because they were able to, they wanted it that bad. Mm -hmm. Not to say that they turned into, you know, a physical specimens, but they got themselves where they could be effective and on efficient on the court where they could run the floor where coach ultimately with, with coach white, he wants reliability as that, as does every coach. When I put you in, are you going to be disciplined and do what we have practiced as a team? Because if you don't do your job, you're going to let down. You let down these other four guys on the court, and you're affecting and you're not helping us win. Uh, so that's that's. I mean, being a good teammate, I think that pretty much encompasses uh, what you're doing when you when you show up every day. Um, from what I heard, I've heard so far from the outside looking in, it seems like this is just a these are just such a great group of guys. You know, character-wise, maturity-wise, uh, really wanting to get better. Haven't heard a, a bad peep from from anyone as, as far as like, oh, this guy's got an attitude problem, or he's a little moody, or uh, doesn't take coaching well, or something. None of those things. So I'm super excited um, for the season. And, and actually, Steve, I'm going to get a chance to uh, come in down to Gainesville and work a few games. I'm actually working the uh, Milwaukee game. Oh, good. Um, yeah, which would be pretty fun. And then there's a game on the 22nd. I'm not sure who we're playing December 22nd, but uh, super excited about that. But, um, yeah, another thing that I've noticed, 
you know, this league is, I'm not sure how much you've got a chance to see this league is like, it's, it's really, it's one of the best. I think, you know, what's your, what's a bold prediction that you have for as many teams in the SEC that will make the tournament this year? I want to go back for a second because I think it was five years ago, maybe six, Pat, when the SEC had three teams. In the wow. And that's when the commissioner at the time said, hey, beef your schedule up, get competitive, and that's happened. And, and the schools that had not done particularly well, the Alabamas and you know even the Arkansas, uh, they'd fallen upon hard times. Look at the league now. So know, right? the coaches, the ADs took that, what the AD said to heart, and that's why this league now is really good. But bold prediction. Um, I think LSU takes a step back from what they were. Um, I really like Arkansas and what they do. That, that coach is a little quirky, but he's quirky in a good way. And, and those yes. kids seem to respond to him. And he recruits very well. And I think he's great at adapting to his talent. So I think Arkansas, even though they're ranked and, you know, I think they, they're projected to be good, I think they can be really good if a couple of their players develop. So uh, I'm not sure that's earth-shaking, but I do think that Arkansas can be a little bit better even, even than what they are. And the other unknown team is Auburn. If they got a couple of guys that can't play early, they're going to be added later. Well, if those guys who are good get added to Auburn and they're already pretty good, they could elevate a little bit too. So those Arkansas and Auburn are my two teams besides Florida that I think could be a little bit better if things break right. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for Arkansas. It's uh, nice seeing them being relevant. Yes, um, it is. Yeah, it's, it's, it, I love that our league is now a little red, a little red now, a little Alabama, a little Arkansas. Yeah. Mississippi State, actually, um, I guess my hot take would be Mississippi State um, is going to finish in the top four. I think they'll finish. Wow. I think they'll. I think they'll finish top four, top five. I think they might be able to steal thirteen wins this year. Okay. Um, I think Coach Howland has done a great job with his recruiting. Um, I think Florida is going to upset a lot of people. Um, I think with their their leaders, it's going to. But it's just so hard because I, I definitely foresee seven or eight teams making it to the I tournament agree. this year. And it's just, it's just, it's tough when your league is so good that, you know, whoever gets first, I w I'm not going to be surprised if, if there's a share for first place this year. I wouldn't be either. Even if there's three teams that share first place <laughs> this yeah. year. Yeah. That, <laughs> and then, when's the last time that's happened? Yeah. And look what happened to Kentucky a year ago. Who would ever have thought Kentucky would be as bad as they were a year ago? Well, they retooled. They, he went to the transfer portal. He's got the usual five-star guy. Jay Lucas is there now, yeah, assistant coach. So, I mean, they're going to be a factor again. And, you know, the thing that has always bothered me, Pat, about Mike White and his tenure here, there's a segment of the Gator fan base that just thinks because of what Billy did here, yeah, they should just be in the top four and, you know, be a two-seed and go. It isn't that easy. The league, I think, top to bottom is better. In, in what a lot of the years were when Billy was here. Not that it yeah. wasn't good, but I think the league top to bottom now is much better. And yeah. you know how hard it is. It ain't easy making the tournament, man. It's not. And so if you make that tournament, that's an accomplishment. But because of what Billy did in the bar he set, if you don't get past the first or second round, fire him, get rid of him. He's a good basketball coach. Be careful what you ask for. 
Yeah, he's a great basketball coach. He's a great coach. He's a great man. He does things by the by the by the rule books. Uh, doesn't cut any corners. And great leaders are learners. Great leaders are uh, ones who lead in in their actions as well and their consistency. So every time time I've seen Coach White um, um, outside, even outside of what he preaches on the court. He's an everyday guy. And I just like, man, I would love to play for a coach that just shows up that with that intentionality. And, you know, guy's got five kids. He's got a family and stuff. But, you know, he (laughs) and I'm sure like he's he's just consistent. Um, So the guy just loves winning. He's obsessed with winning and being competitive. Um, He's doing you know, for for anyone to ever doubt that he's not doing everything he can to put the team in the best position to win, um, you know, it's a shame because there's, there's again, there's still, still so many things you can't control. You know, the maturity level of the guys on the court, I you know, and, and one thing that's that I don't like about the, this new rule with how they do practice and the scheduling, coaches can't kick you out of practice anymore in the sense of like. Uh, I remember one time coach with coach Donovan, we came in, uh, we came in kind of lounging around or just, just not practicing well or attitude or actually it was on Thanksgiving. It was on Thanksgiving. Wow. Like, I think it was around like a, a 12 o'clock a noon practice. And he's like, I don't know what you guys are doing here today, but uh, uh, you can get out and I will see you in uh, three hours. And now because of the scheduling in which they, the way they do practice, you know, coaches can't really do that. And that really uh, just made you look, made you look in the mirror, you know, the guys come into the locker room and like, Hey man, what the hell was that? You know, what, what are you, what's you good, man? Like what's going on? Like everyone getting a chance to, to really dive in and talk to each other. And then, all right, we're going to come in and we're going to have energy for this next practice. Cause you know, we need to treat practice as the game. If not even not even treated as if it's the championship game every day, that approach will help us get so much better. And it's just tough that um, you know the coaches are limited. I want I wanted to ask your question because now that we have this new, get your opinion on this, the new transfer rule uh-huh. uh, where you can leave and you can transfer right, you know, and play right away. Yep. I don't like that. There's not a condition where you can't you you can't transfer you should not be able to transfer within the same conference I think I think yes go get a fresh start absolutely but Auburn lost their star player in Shaville one of their star players Shaville Wheeler and now he's over at Kentucky and (laughs) he knows the schemes he knows all this other stuff about the team I want the I want every kid to have a great opportunity but I just think that's to weigh the scale a little bit you know for the for the coaches uh it, it was seen if they put a, like a one little caveat on there of like, okay, yes, you can transfer and play, but you know, look to another conference. I don't know. That's just my, that's just my thoughts. I'm not a fan of that either, Patrick, but I think the pendulum has swung toward players now. And so if, if you say you can transfer, you can go, but I'm going to limit you to a school outside the conference. I think to some that defeats the either you can transfer or not. And I think that's why. And what about Wheeler? You know, he, he's at Georgia. He knows everything. He goes to Kentucky. He can tell them everything that, you know, that, that they're doing. So is that. I would. Yeah. But I do think now the advantage is for the player. And I think, and, I, and I, I've always been for that. I, I yeah. never understood why the NCAA got in the way of that. A kid is, if, 
why do you go to school? Education, of course, but you want to play. Right. So if you can't play at school X, you have the opportunity to play at school Y, go play. That's the whole idea. So That's the whole purpose if, of it. If, if it were you and me, I wouldn't allow it either. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I, you know, for me, and I was so blessed and fortunate, those four years that I had at school were some of the best I've ever had. Uh, as far as my basketball career, but that's not everybody's story. You know, I got to go to my dream school and play as a freshman, start my sophomore, junior, and senior year. You know, you got guys that go to a school. I mean, and there's not a program like Alabama, it, football, like Alabama football is in basketball, where, and the rules are different, where you can go pro right away. You know, you one year in college, and then you go pro in Alabama. You come there at foot for football as a five-star recruit. And I, I don't know who told me this story. Uh, I guess some some guy was in practice, a freshman, five-star recruit, and he's complaining about something like, come on, Coach, man, I'm a five-star recruit, man. You can't do me like that. Like, well, you know, just, just going at it. And the coach is like, all right, that's how you feel. Hey, guys, uh, who else is a five-star recruit here? Everyone. <laughs> Everyone raised their hand. Yeah. And it's just like, needing to wait your turn and your time and the rules are different from football to basketball you don't have that much time where you okay, yes i can prepare for a few years no like you need to play right away i need to i need to play because now especially with the transfer rule you know i'm working my way to play to play to play uh, behind somebody like uh let's say for i, I don't know who to use for example on the team now but you bring in four guys transfers to the team who from the team last year thought they were going to have a starting spot coming up to the, this next season? Yeah, and you know that it, 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 they deserve the opportunity to be able to go somewhere else, and so they can play because you only get to do college one time. It's not about yes, you want you know you want to you know, create and cultivate loyalty and whatnot, but again, this basketball window of your life where you can play is so short. Not many, not everyone makes it pro. Not everyone plays 20 years. So you're going to tell a kid, nah, you can't. You're just going to have to, you know, be on the bench and play Spider-Man five minutes for your whole at one school. So it, it, it's, the pendulum has shifted big but you time. Know, but, you know, your coach once told me something, and I laughed when he said it, but he was dead serious. He said to me, I've never recruited a kid who never thought he wasn't going to the NBA. And I said, Billy, come on, man. He said, I'm dead serious. He said, everybody thinks they're going to the NBA. Yep. That's what we deal with as coaches. And then you're used to being the guy, right? And you come on. And this has been a problem with, with, with some of Mike's teams. He's had selfish guys. Just let's yep. call it like it is, okay? Call it like it is. You know, you know how this goes. At the end of the season, Billy had your you, at the end of the season meeting with you. So what I want you to do, what are your plans, right? All the, well, I can tell you, there were a couple of guys went in there and said, coach, I, I deserve to play more. Well, what do you mean you deserve to play more? You're, you're, you're telling me you're better than Trey Mann? You're telling me you're better than this guy? And you yeah. deserve to play more? Yeah. You know, you got to earn that. And sometimes, and you know this, on a successful team, I, again, no problem with a guy going to transfer and play, none. But if you're going to stick around, 
at least for that year, accept your role. If you yeah. play 10 minutes or 12 minutes, then give the best 10 or 12 minutes you got. Yeah. If you want to go, go. But that's especially practice, I think. Practice is where you show, like, disrupt practice in a good way. You know, be competitive, be a competitor. That is what gets you time. That is what shows the coaches like, wow, this guy got better. Because I don't think, you know, when it comes down to it, it's the brass tacks of basketball, how much of it is just effort? How, much, how many plays on that court are just, I want it more than you? Yeah. And I don't care who you are. I don't care how many stars you have. I'm going to get that ball. I'm going to stop you. I am going to box you out. I'm gonna, you're going to feel me every time. I'm going to be in the right place. And that mindset has gotten so many guys that are not as talented are still, still in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. People are like, man, that guy, man, he, he ain't that good. But I guess what? I, I guarantee you he's reliable. I guarantee you he does all things I, I guarantee you he shows up to practice i guarantee you every time i guarantee you he uh is coachable he doesn't he doesn't come with an attitude um whenever the strength coach has and he doesn't play that he and he has to go and do, run on the treadmill for 15 minutes after the, after the game or the practice i guarantee he's on there without complaining does his job as a professional and that's man that's the the, the uh you know the double-sided thing about uh, the two-sided sword about nowadays is that kids see so much of the the fruit you see so much of the fruit and you don't understand how much you have to long suffering and in a positive way because no success is not overnight sometimes you like this when I had Colin Castleton on the podcast I was like I fell in love with the kid's story um how he went to Michigan and he didn't play either one of his first two years a lot but he was like you know what I'm going to be a sponge. I'm going to work hard every day, get better. Uh, and when Coach Juwan Howard went there, same mindset. I'm about to learn from a Hall of Fame coach. Like, oh my goodness, I can't wait to see how much better he's going to get me in. Like, it was a tough t- decision for him to transfer, but the fact that he took on that mindset and perspective, you know, I was like, wow, it's no surprise you had a blowout, year, you know, the kind of year that you had. And, and, Super excited to see that he's the, the a, a Gator on the preseason first team um, All SEC. Hope hope that he is able to fulfill that because he's a fantastic kid as well as basketball player. I could take him. <laughs> I could take him. But um, you know, looking looking at is there any guy on on because uh, he was the only Gator that made any of the preseason list so far. Um, is there any guy? on our team that, that you, you think has a chance to, to sneak in there on uh, the second team uh, all SEC list this year? It's a great question because a lot of it, Patrick, I think is going to be minutes. And, you know, to me, I think Myron Jones is a proven scorer. If he lights it up, if he shoots the way I think, you know, he can shoot and he gets the minutes, he could sneak in. He'd be the first guy I would say because he's a scorer, you know, and he can hit the three. And so to me, you know, a lot of times, especially media that votes, right? It, well, this guy's got eight points a game. Forget him. He's got 17 points a game. We'll put him in there, even though there's other things he doesn't do well. So I think just because of that, he, he's the first guy that comes to mind. I think he can shoot. He can make a three. If he gets enough minutes, he can sneak in there. Before we move on, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. 
If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now is the time because they are offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one play through to turn your bonus into cash money. With their new Rush Pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable. With basketball season tipping off, get in on the action by going to betrivers.com today or by downloading the BetRivers iOS app. Must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLING. Yeah. You know what's interesting? I was just looking up um, just a few facts on this team, some preseason stuff. The transfer class has scored 3,882 points coming into this year. This is transfer class. Second highest in transfer portal history of a transfer class. Um, Coach White's had some struggles with getting the ball in the hoop and shooting um, through his tenure. Um, what have you seen? Because it's not like he's had a lack of shooters. You know, maybe maybe he has on certain years. I mean, having Noah Locke and Igor, those are fantastic shooters that he had. You know, what have, what have you seen as far as their offense that has been uh, contributing to the, the offensive hurdles? And obviously they have the tools and to overcome that stuff now. Uh, but what do you think, you know, offensively, what have you seen that's kind of really slowed him down in his six years so far? You kind of mentioned it. I, I don't know that they've had that just pure shooter, that guy's going to get you points. He kind of does it in a team concept, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, who's the go-to guy? Who's going to get you, you know, 20 or 18 or, you know, the, the bucket you really need? I don't know that he's really had. I mean, Trey Mann, the second That's last year, yeah. Was, was pretty darn close to that. But it took him a half a year to adjust to that. And, and, and I think, and, and you know this, coaches have to adjust too. You know, they, they may think this is what I'm going to do in November. But come February or come January when the conference season starts, well, this didn't pan out. This guy really hasn't done what I thought he would do. I need to give maybe this guy a few more minutes. So it's a it's a give and take. Very rarely over the course of a year, you have the same eight, nine guys in rotation, and they're all in sync. You know, different games. Guys, some guys got a hot hand. Some guys it's a bad night. Some guys it's a bad matchup with the opposing right. player. So I think those things come into mind. He just has not had the the dynamite score yeah. that, you know, a lot of other teams that have. But like I said, you agree. Trey Mann last year, second half of the year was. Oh, man. He was unbelievable. And it was so crazy, man. Uh, Trey Mann was just, he couldn't break through a screen his freshman year, man. He, he couldn't. <laughs> and it, It's not that he didn't have the capability. You know, it, it's just, you wonder if the poison of focusing so much on the NBA just gets away from you enduring and doing your job in the process and like the day-to-day -day, yeah. like okay I need to be reliable because I in high school no one really cared about if I played defense because I could drop 40 on you in a heartbeat right. like well now you're in college and scoring 40 it's rare it's a rare breed of a guy that can score 40 in, in a college game and so so glad that he was able to take it on and have the right people in his ear that encouraged him and, and like it is no surprise that going through the, the strength program with Preston Green and as well as uh, the individual workouts and what Coach White's got going on. He, he's going to put those guys in put and say, hey, man, if you feel you got the green light, you can create heat, man. Trey, man, with that quick little sidestep pull up, man. Woo! 
That thing was so quick. I want to ask you a question, Patrick, because to your point, Scotty Lewis, okay, he's on an NBA team. He's made an NBA roster. Yeah. And yet he couldn't really find his offensive footing here for whatever the reason. He just couldn't do that. Did you ever have a guy like that when, when you were playing that you looked and thought, man, he, you know, he could, he just didn't quite, you know, do it because he comes to mind right away. Scotty Lewis does because a lot was expected of him, you know, in terms of stars and all that, but he just had trouble scoring. And yet here he is on the NBA roster. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess guys that the first guy I would think of uh, would be Bradley Beal in the beginning, the first half of his year of that, his, his one year, he came in highly touted similar to Scotty. And from what he just, it, it just was a, a period of kind of not say average, but just kind of, just kind of being right under the radar a little bit, but Brad was a professional from day one. Brad worked his behind off. Brad was an everyday guy. He put the work in. So, like, even though his performance wasn't there, that did not deter him from his vision, his maturity. And then as the season's going, he's he's starting to go here, starting to go here, starting to go here. We got him in the we got him in the turn the end of the season in the tournament. And Bradley Beal is unbelievable. And he should have been the number two pick behind uh, behind Anthony Davis instead of Michael Kidd Girl Gilchrist, who I don't think is in the league. Um, right now but uh other guys I could think of um maybe Eli Carter um was one of those guys that um great offensive score just it, it just wasn't able to translate over into the games as consistently you know he was a little bit undersized um someone who didn't pay I mean you know honestly I, I think if, if this guy could have figured it out we easily would have won the national championship if Demontre Harris could have figured his, his himself out could have been consistent could have been mature could have been professional you know him him and i as the as the front court you know splitting minutes at the five his shot blocking ability his ability to finish and just affect he just couldn't figure it out he just, he just was wasn't able to to be consistent cuz i wholeheartedly you know i was the only true five on that team my senior year and mm-hmm. There was a few games where I played way more minutes than I would have liked to. Uh, and then also, Will You Get was um, started that senior year with a knee, with his knee not being a hundred percent yet as far as his his, uh, his explosiveness and athleticism. So yeah, those are a few guys that can come right to mind. You know, I think all those guys have gone on to have professional careers and they're doing they're doing fine uh, now. But it, you know, everyone goes through their own process. You just wish they could. You know, kids can figure it out. A little bit quicker. We all got to remember that, hey, you know, we all go through our maturity a little bit differently, um, and that success is not linear. Because as you just said, Scott and Lewis is on. Uh, he's with the the horn with the Bob Bob, Bob Hornets. With, he's with the Hornets, uh, and it's super excited for him. Like I, I wasn't sure if he was going to make it. Um, I was so so excited to see him get drafted because he is such a good kid. Um, just. Yeah, he 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 was, and he he talked about. It, he alluded to it on my podcast, uh, trying to think he knew more than Coach White at times. And I did the same thing with Billy Donovan. I know more than you, Coach. I can do it better. My way is better. And <laughs> who's gonna win that? Who's gonna win that? You lose every time. You know that. Coach Donovan is undefeated. Coach White is undefeated. 
right. That's right. You lose every time. You lose every time. Goodness gracious. So, Steve, you've been around with uh, as as a sports director of uh, 8:50 AM for since 1998. Sure, you got. You've seen a lot of basketball, a lot of football, a lot of sports, a lot of losing sports with the Jets and the Mets. <laughs> yes. And continuing so as well. And continuing. Gosh, how, how do you feel right now with the Jets, man? Just... Well, here's the good thing. It was expected. Yeah. And, and I really like, you know, from, from getting to know, you know, kids that have played here and then talking to some front office people, when the Jets hired Robert Salah from the 49ers, I, I, I looked at what the reaction was from the 49er players. And they all said, great guy, great hire. That said something to me because okay. players who I think know yeah. right, respected him. It doesn't mean he's going to end up being a good head coach or be successful with the Jets, but the Jets need anything, any right. of success. And he knew it was going to take time. That Jets, I can tell you this from somebody within the organization, Patrick, players only went to the Jets for two reasons. One, if they had to, because they were drafted, or number two, they were playing for money. They were, you know, it was a money contract. I'll play on a crappy team, but I'll make my money and I'll go elsewhere. And so that that's the mindset of that organization. It takes a long time to change it. And they're yeah. starting to do a better job, but it's going to take a while. They're they're at the bottom. Yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly what Le'Veon Bell ended up doing. I mean, yeah. I wonder, you wonder if he wishes he would have just stuck it out and played that year with the Steelers instead of going to the Jets where his usage was like not I mean a decimal point to his usage was with the Steelers he goes from like running almost every play and dominating to like barely getting used up in New York which as a running back you really shouldn't be too mad about that because that means probably going to have a few more years yeah a few more a few more years to your career um so what are what are some of your um, you? That's crazy. Since nineteen eighty, so you've seen the program when when a lot, Ron Cougar was still there uh, and just evolved. You know, what are some just your your thoughts or when you, when you think about the Florida basketball program, even the football program? You know, uh, ninety six was the first championship. You know, right when when Spurrier got there. You know, seeing the program evolve to what it is now. Did you, at that, is there a time where you thought it would be where it is now? No. Um, I can go back to when I was in college here, Patrick, and you know, even with Norm Sloan back, uh, that was the first time where the basketball program got some recognition. Uh, they won an SEC with him, but then it fell apart, you know, between the players and what happened off the court and with Sloan, it fell apart. With Lon, you know, that that great run they made, and then they had those two tournament teams. But in between that, there was just failure. It just was not very good. And if you just said to me, you know, prior to Billy's hire, that, you know, they'd be going to a Final Four and win a championship, how much money do you want me to bet? Not bet at all, because it ain't going to happen. And look, it's easy now to look back and say when Billy got hired, what a great hire Jeremy Foley made. Billy Donovan came from Marshall. Yeah. Nobody knew. They took a chance on him. 
And, you know, to see that, you know, my son was a videographer for Gator basketball when Billy was coaching. And I got to go to a final four with him and see him work, you know, as well as attend it. So that was pretty special for me. Um, and getting to know people like you and, and Billy and, you know, over the years. And that's, that's what makes this special. You know, the yeah. things I've been able to see and go to. And when I was a kid, I just dreamt about doing this, Patrick. I dreamt yeah. I'd be able to do sports. I was never good enough to, to play. But it's been, I can't even begin to tell you how rewarding it's been to, to see excellence. I, I've always admired excellence. I don't care if you're a writer or whatever you, I've, I've always admired excellence. And to yeah. watch you and other athletes, you know, do what they do, great stuff. Same, same. You know, I, I just have such an appreciation for someone that is doing something and that it's purposeful. Like this, they, they feel like the way that basketball that I, I used to feel when playing basketball whatever else that person is doing, whether it's they're an artist, they're a singer, they're a furniture maker, they're a chef. I'm like, I am all about someone doing something passionately and feeling alive. But, you know, it's really just so expressed to me. And I think that's, that's why we love college sports so much. Back to your point of every kid thinks they're going to the NBA. Putting that perspective in like, these kids are fighting, like they're fighting for their dreams. You know, they're, they're going out there. Like when you see the emotions of the tournament getting knocked out and whatever, no, no one's faking it. No one's out there just crying because it's a show and they want, I know like the work that you put in first, you know, to become a, a recruit that gets recruited, like the dream of going to school and playing college basketball, then to, to, to play at a good program and to start and then to contribute to winning playing for a good coach you guys make make uh you know win the regular season then you win the conference tournament you make the turn so many guys that uh ben simmons never made it to the tournament <laughs> you know you, you think about just how awesome it is to be a part of it you know we we just i just love that's why i'm so excited to be working with espn now with the the network because now i have like a, a a real reason to be inspired again watching watching college sports because I've got a chance to be where those kids are and I know what they're playing for and I know what they're going through. I know where they're trying to go. Um, and, you know, it's every year, some, some kid that no one knows uh, is going to pop out, out of the scene and dominate or, or uh, some of these five-star recruit kids are going to, you know, be outstanding. And there's always the storylines and the dramas and, and whatever it may be. And it's just so cool to work in a position where, we get paid to talk about what's going on, <laughs> what's going on in the sports world. It ain't work. It ain't work. It ain't work, right? It ain't, it ain't work. It ain't work. And, and, it, and it's so rewarding to, from the other aspect, because you were in this college, you're a graduate of this college, nothing, and I mean nothing, the whatever accolades, whatever, they, they pale in comparison to helping a kid here reach their dream. It isn't the NBA, but hey, I want to I want to be a sports anchor or I want to be on a side, I want to be a sideline, whatever that is now. There's nothing that makes me happier than being this much a part of somebody's success. And you know, we've been fortunate here. A lot of our kids have gone on to work. You know, the Laura Rutledge's and the Aaron Andrews's, they're they're out there, yourself, yeah. they're out there, 
but it's the ones that were working at ESPN behind the scenes. They're a cameraman or they're a producer or whatever they are. There is nothing that makes me prouder than to have those kids do that. And I've been, again, if I've had that much to do with it, man, that's, that's as rewarding as it gets. Yeah. It's, it's super rewarding. Like uh, when I first was, I, you know, I can't any of the credit um, from, well, I guess I'll take credit in just the sense of, yeah, I was in professor Ted Spiker's class, called in um, yesterday and, and he, he told me to ask, they asked me about, the students asking about my journey and how did I get to being at the um, SEC uh, as, as a studio host for the SEC network now. And I said, what helped me? And it's something I can, I can control and what every single one of you guys can control. When you authentically see people and help people and love people, those relationships that you plant, when you see and create real authentic relationships, you never know what doors those connections are gonna open for you. Because if I would've came through Florida and been all about myself and all about, uh, you know, not, you know, opening my horizons to really creating a relationship with Denver Parlor or Duke Warner or Alicia Longworth or, or Professor Spiker or anybody in the College of J School, uh, Gareth Gutierrez, uh, uh, any of those those people that helped me to refine my skills and find so much interest in it, you know, they're gonna be like, Pat, God, Patrick a jerk, like, I'm not gonna help him out with anything. It, it, easily, for sure. Like, if if I would have been a jerk and, and, and treated people as if they, you know, even though I'm, you know, a, a, the starting center of the, the Gators and I think that I'm high, you know, I'm, I'm walking around prideful, chipping my shoulder, that would have closed doors um, because no one that is prideful is going to be able to walk in through a door that a humble person that is, has an eagerness to learn and is kind has the opportunity to, because it's so much easier to work with the person that doesn't think they have all the answers and, and isn't better than anyone else. Like I'm going into this position and like, Pat, you'll figure it out. Don't just show up, man. We'll, we'll be with you. And like, all right, man, I, I don't know the first thing about X, Y, or Z, but I can talk about basketball. I can do that. <laughs> but you know, you know the game. And, and yes. that, that's half the, well, more than half the battle. You know, you're going to learn as you go. That, that's the great thing about it, too, because, you know, as many years as Dick Vitale's done it, as many years as some of the other guys have done it, they still learn. They still right. pick up new things. And you've always been receptive to that. And you have a passion for the game. That's going to come across when you do your stuff. So I'm looking forward to seeing you do your thing, man. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. Um, and we're coming up close on time, but I, I wanted to uh, get a few more, you know, we talk about this season upcoming. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. November 9th opening night, um, you know, coach White's seventh season. Hopefully he's going to break the curse for us this year. And we're going to beat Florida state. <laughs> Yeah. We've lost to them seven years in a row now. Uh, six under Coach White, what, uh, Coach Donovan's last year um, as the head coach from 14 to 15 season. Really hoping we can disrupt there. But are there any memories, any stories um, from following that or something something that um, just like just comes to mind of, you know, interacting with one of the players that just was like completely out of the norm and it's like one of those things you never forget? I'm going to go all the way back to Norm Sloan being here, Patrick. Um, back then, we had much more access to practice. You could go. Um, I was doing a radio show back then, 
and Florida had played Georgia. And I went on the air and said, and, and Georgia just pasted Florida, just pasted him. Uh, he heard that. Uh, he asked an assistant coach to call me and he said he wanted to see me. So I went to his office and sat in his office and Coach Sloan began to yell, what do you know? You've never played the game. You know, how can you sit there? And, you know, I went through all that. And I, he went on for about 10 minutes, just red in the face and yelling at me. And I finally said, Coach, are you done? Yeah, I'm done. Get out of here. Okay. The next day was a practice and we got to go to it. And Coach walked over to me and I thought, oh, no, he's going to, in front of everybody, he's going to get on me again. And he said to me, hey, let, come on, come on, let's, let's go. Let's shoot, let, let's shoot some horse. That was his way, Patrick, of saying, I'm sorry. And I never forgot that. And Coach Sloan had a temper and he could cuss with the best of them and he could get on the media, but at least, you know, okay. And, and, it, and it's, of all the stories and all the things, except for being with my son at the final four, which was pretty special and getting to go to that. I, I never forgot that because yeah. he, that was just his way of saying, you know what? Okay. You know, I was wrong and let's go. And he, and he, beat the snot out of me and horse too, just with the record. He was, yeah, I was going to ask. He could shoot. So there were that, that comes to mind. And then I guess the other thing is just being able to know the interaction of, you know, getting interview players that, you know, you and, you know, those great teams and, and even the ones I remember Billy the year after they won the back-to-backs, that next group came in entitled man entitled. And Billy said, Get your stuff and get out of the locker room. You haven't earned a thing. And they practiced in Florida gym, Patrick. They, they I went, remember that. Remember that? Yeah. Them, right? Okay. That told me a lot. Not that I didn't respect Billy, because I always did. And I always liked him from day one. But that told me a lot about that guy. That, you know, he wouldn't allow that to creep into his program. You haven't earned a thing. And you're going to have to earn it. And, man, nothing. again, I had the utmost respect for him. But that just went up that much because of what he yeah. did. Yeah, I wish, I wish, uh, and I know Coach White's got that same gear, you know, just with the rules changes, he hasn't, doesn't have that same, actually, I think he was at one point forcing the guys to practice at, uh, like, this extra courts at the o O'Connell Center, not on the court. I yeah. think there were some extra courts, of, I think he was forcing them. Yeah. yeah, I think he had some, some of them practicing up there at one point in time. So, you, you, you intrigued me for another question here. You talked about how you just had so much more access um, back, back in those times um, as far as with the media. How have you noticed, like, I'm not sure what the question is, but obviously there's just been such a, an, an evolution of that media athlete, media coach relationships through time is uh, up to the, where we are now. And especially with social media, like, where, where do you see it going now? And how do you see that, that the relationships has, because last year was crazy. Yeah. Last year was an outlier. Obviously you could, no, no traveling, a game, like no. all, the, all that stuff. No. Uh, but outside of that, you know, how have you seen just that relationship, how it has impacted the games? And just now that, you know, athletes in general, just, just are able to raise more of a voice now, uh, promote themselves for their name and image and likeness and things, you know, where do you see, everything going um now 
Uh, I've always been for name, image, and likeness because I'm not a fan of the NCAA at all. Right. There have been, you can't make all that money and not give some back to the people that are earning it for you. I've never understood how they could not understand that concept. Now, you don't, you know, everybody was afraid it would seep into the locker room, there'd be jealousy. I've not seen any of that. So, hey, get it, go get it. I'm all for that, as long as it doesn't hurt the chemistry of your team. As far as media and access to coaches and players, Patrick, it's never going to be like it was. I mean, COVID, look what we're doing now. Dan Mullen still does Zoom calls. After a game, it's a Zoom call. We don't go to the locker room. We don't go to practice. You get no access. So that's just how it is. And let's face it, the big boys, the SEC Network, you know, ESPN, they're going to get access because they broadcast their games. I have no problem with that. I think who's hurt the most is the local fan because they can't watch practice. We don't get the access to the players as much as we used to. I just had Antonio Valentino on my show live today. And I got four emails, Patrick, saying, what a great kid, what a great interview. You know, because we don't get to hear him live like that. So yeah. that's the biggest change. And, and for the kids who are right across this, you know, the wall from me here, I wouldn't want to be them now because I think their access is going to be so much less and they'll get a chance to tell as many stories as we could back yeah. then. Yeah, the stories of like, you know, what you see a guy do or how they, I don't know, whatever, making fun of you or, you know, whatever, whatever the fun, the, the stuff that, that can happen is, uh, that's super unfortunate. Um, really hope that that dynamic, because because uh, even when we were, when we were practicing in the, um, in the men's facility, I, I don't, I forgot the actual name. I know it has an actual, ba- the basketball practice facility has an actual name. Um, from time to time, we'd have fans coming up on the mezzanine area and they'd be able to watch practice or individual workouts. And now, you know, that dynamic is kind of taken away right now. And, and I wonder, I wonder too, now with the Rowdies, um, shout out to the Rowdies, uh, when they're at the gate in line for, for the big game, you know, are they still going to be able to do that at that capacity? Those are all just experiences that just make you feel so much more connected to your team and to your sport. And not that virtual, virtual isn't, um, suffice it's just not it's not the same level it's not it's not it's not the same i like you know i want to be able to shake i want to be able to high five or like be able to say something look my guy in the eye uh it's just that the human interaction but go ahead i like your word it does suffice but it's not the same you don't get that that inner that human interaction you just don't it's different so I, i love that word you used like, did you see, I mean, Tom Brady went up to a kid at the game yeah. yesterday and, and was able to high five. I think it was a cancer survivor. And, yes, and I'm sure he's did. done a lot of things through Zoom. And not that it, but to actually like shake, like Tom came up to me and like shook my hand and gave me a hat or whatever. Like, oh man. There's nothing that that, that kid, when he's 50, will tell that story. Right. Tom Brady came up, you know, he helped him survive brain cancer. Hopefully, God, let's hope he lives, you know. But yes. however long he does, he will always remember that moment. And that's the whole athlete fan interaction that's so special when it's right. 
And I, I just hope that doesn't go away because I mean, look, can fans be, can media be a pain sometimes? Sure. Can fans be a pain sometimes? Sure. You know, if you have a show like mine, you know, Dan Mullen can't coach. Mike White should be fired. He can't get it past the first one. I mean, we get that all the time, right? You, you hear that. But they're passionate. They care. And right. if that goes away, there's trouble. Yeah. Yeah. If that goes away, that passion, because the fan wants to see their team do the best. They want to see their team win. They want to see banners being hung. And uh, you've got a chance to see a lot of banners, a lot of banners being uh, hung in yeah, I'm like, old. Did, did I'm men's, old. No, this men's tennis won their first championship last year. I think so. I think men's tennis won their first championship yeah, last year. Yes. Um, and what a team. What a team. I um, think our golf team has a chance this year as well. We got the number one amateur in all of uh I got to meet those guys. It's such oh man, they're so such incredible golfers, first off incredible but also just such humble down to earth i was playing in a champions tournament over at boston a few weeks ago but uh man it is it is great to be a gator it's great to be attached to such a great university um to have this chance to uh to be with you um here today um so for you for those of you that um are, are tuning into this during the week you can find steve he is the host of uh sports scene um, Monday through Friday, 12 to 2 p.m., um, ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 a.m., WRUF, Gainesville. Steve, it's, it's been an honor and a pleasure having you. You can follow him on social media, on Twitter as well. Uh, he's, he's got We got to get that that Jets and Mets thing out of there. Maybe he can just put a J and an M or something yeah, like okay. that. Just, just New York sports fan. Maybe people think that you're a Yankee fan. Or a Giants fan. The Giants aren't doing well there now either. No, no. <laughs> New York teams are not doing well. That's and, and by the way, in closing, I want to say this too about you, and not just because you know you and I have done a lot together, you know, over the years. And uh, this is such a great thing, a great venue for you. And I'm so excited for you to do the the work, you know, in, in covering the games and, and broadcasting them. It, it's a great honor, and you'll do great at it. And I'm really, it, it's really cool for you, man. So I'm proud of you. Thank you so much, Steve. It's a uh... Super exciting. Um, if I, yeah, I'll be down there on the 18th. So if you, I'm sure you'll be there as well. Uh, we'll holler, holler at each other. Uh, you already know, um, give you a big hug. Uh, but everyone, this was fantastic shows. We did a little preview coming into this uh, upcoming season of Gator basketball. It's going to be an awesome year. Super competitive league. Can't wait to see how it's going to pan out. Um, yeah, those of you that are listening, Please share this episode. Again, you can also follow uh, Steve for the uh, daily, uh, weekly Florida Gator updates and whatever is going on in the sports world. Uh, Gave you a shout out to Sports Team. Find him on uh, Twitter at uh, what's the Steve Russell Twitter account. There you go. Um, so, Gator Nation, appreciate your time again sharing this podcast. And don't forget, Stay rowdy.